welcome to Exiting Through 2010's a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper, with me is my co-host, Claire Williams. Shouldn't this movie really be called The Artist? Let's be honest here. Let, let, let's, let, let's put chips on the table. <laughs> and should we call let, The Artist like the Myra stories? Maybe not that, but... No Bombax The Artist. <laughs> no Bombax The Artist would be interesting. Yeah, I can see him making a silent movie. That'd be fun. I I don't know if he's that exp- I, I feel like that would like I don't know if he's that expressive as a person. I, well, I mean, like as someone who's so so known for their snappy dialogue, he's also a pretty good like visual dictator. So it, if if there was like a headline tomorrow, like he's gonna make a silent picture, I wouldn't I wouldn't like not be excited. You know, who would what, what modern auteur would you most likely be like? Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, maybe like. Lynn Ramsey, someone we've talked about before. See, I think George Miller comes to mind. Like someone who who I think that would make the next. Okay. All right. No, 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 no. I'm going to stop that in its tracks before it gets any further. No Australian accents. Oh, I see. That's number one. There you go. There you go. I like how we both said directors that we've covered before. That's fun. I mean, we've, we, this is our 43rd episode. Something like that. Maybe. Yeah, maybe 44th. Yeah. Congrats on Big Brianna, you can, you can talk anytime you want, by the way. Yeah, please yeah, this is, do not let us. Oh, this is free, oh, free, no, free not, form. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. You don't I'm have gonna... to feel like insecure. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm here. I'm here, dude. Sweet. Well, speaking of, we might as well just introduce you anyway. Yeah, right. Of course. Today, you, go ahead, John. Um, That's what I was waiting for. We have Ryan Ziegler with us today. Um, how are you? Hello, all. I am doing just swell. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, do you want to introduce yourself and then tell a little bit about how you got into movies in the first place? Um, I am a freelance film journalist. Uh, I'm a staff writer at Screen Queens and a contributor for Film School Rejects, and I freelance at a bunch of other places. Um, how did I get into movies? I don't know. I just like watching them, and then I went to school for them because I like watching them so much, and then I graduated, and I was like, I'm going to write about them now. (laughs) (laughs) Smart. I'm always that's curious a good, that's a good pathway. if there's always yeah. just that one movie like it, it like Interstellar is for me. That oh was yeah. Like, okay. This okay. The bulb just went off. Film art yeah. form. Interesting. Right. So it can be something more. But for me, it was American Psycho for sure. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's definitely like that. That went over my head. Like first time I saw it, I, I was like. This is taking so seriously. <laughs> like none of the satire landed. I remember I saw that yeah. one too. <laughs> I mean, I did too. I thought it was so, I took it at face value. I thought it was so yeah. cool. You know, I thought, I thought it was, you know, I was into. Nothing held back sort of deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I read the book a few years later and then engaged with more critique on it. And I was like, oh. And now you're like, British Stanellis, he knows everything. <laughs> like he yes. he knows he has all That's, the right answers. That is Duh. So correct. Oh my god, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think of course. That all the time. we were all thinking that. Even is the book years. good? Yeah, I've heard I've, mixed. I've heard I like the yeah. book. I, I also mm-hmm. liked his other book, Less Than Zero. I'm a I'm a Brett Easton Ellis book apologist. <laughs> there you go. And the and the man himself. Like, is that on your business card? Of course. Your yeah. nice smooth like you know twelve in, twelve <laughs> point font white. business card. 
I yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> See, I know movies. I can talk. I, I, can, I can make references. What if American Psycho is the only movie you've seen? And it's like, this is the second That's one. That's wild. That'd be funny. <laughs> That's... We're like, yeah, I was just coming back from that, and now I'm on Wait, here. <laughs> how old were you when you watched American Psycho? Oh, yeah. Um, like... 16 i think 15, okay that's 16. not crazy yeah i think i was 16 too i probably yeah. was as well the perfect Ooh. age to watch yeah that like becoming your own like fight club clockwork yeah. orange i was into all the hits <laughs> <laughs> now this 44 it's like yeah imagine watching the Meyerowitz stories at 16 i think well, i can certainly see like an old being the movie that gets people in the movies i'm always interested but this about one that, specifically it's so i don't know i just i don't i can't imagine a 16 year old with this energy mm. no i think i would have liked it i don't know i was I mean, I, I, this doesn't sound like the best but i was handed from my grandparents a lot of woody allen dvds oh, yeah. that's definitely a movies. grandparents thing right my, and my, yeah it's like, I feel like it's a very specific case, but um, because I'm um, used to that energy that Noah Baumbach would just be then a smooth transition. Makes yeah. sense. That yeah. Makes sense. I mean, I didn't see it that older than like 16. I actually probably saw it when I was 17, so I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. But like, I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird, just watching it now at a ripe age of 20 years old, it was, you know. Are you it's, both 20? Yes. yes. Oh my, you're very small. Yeah. We are very small. <laughs> You're little babies. We're, yeah. <laughs> we have been called that on occasion. Yeah. Um, losers is the other occasion, actually. Oh, uh, no, I call nerds. you that. Yeah. No, right. no, see, this That's, is, your, yes, this is everything course. I call you. This is, yeah. yeah, you're, you're getting um, your stuff here. Got it, got it. Yeah. Um, dumbass. That's another one. Um, ah. No, you like, call me that. Oh, yeah. You call yeah. me that. That's right. You're so, like my Alan <laughs> Degenerate. Yeah, that's right. There you go. The, the Meyerowitz stories, new and selected. Who's, who's, who's <laughs> some selects them? Very funny. Yeah, it's yeah. a weird subtitle. It's always so brave. <laughs> like I like it, but it's like new and selected. Wow, I feel like <laughs> every every is that supposed to be like the like the subtitle of his retrospective that Danny gets him? Oh, that'd be funny. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. No, probably not. What does it mean, new and selected? I don't. I think it's. I thought that was the title that Netflix gave it when it was at Cannes, and then it just. I was surprised it stuck. It's because the movie is like cut up into the sections. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it's meant to be like. uh, I don't. I don't know. Like, it's meant to describe like the snapshots we're seeing of each family member in this one continuous story. Something like maybe that. like a scrapbook. Like a, yeah, something like vignette, that. Vignette, yeah. Because it's, it it's one, it's one connected story, but but you know you could argue each. Obviously, they're each distinct chapters. Has, yeah, they're distinct yeah. chapters. I think that's what the the subtitle is supposed to be alluding to. Well, I think we solved it then. So before I, I we sidetrack, yeah, I think we should just leave. Like what was it. the um, when was the time that you first saw this, and how were you introduced? Um, actually, you know what? I was going through my, because I logged it again on Letterboxd last night when I watched it, and I've watched it four times. The first time was in 
think 2017 when it came out. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have to look it up too. October 22nd, 2017. Oh my God, was that the the time? I don't have the time. No, it doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't do time for for letterbox logs. But um, yeah, this was what was this a year after I left? I was living at Penn State at the main campus. So this was my last year. I thought it was when I was staying at Penn State. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't even know how I heard about it. It was probably just one of those things through like osmosis. Like I was mm. on Twitter and I heard there was a new Noah Baumbach movie and it was on Netflix and it had Adam Sandler and, and Ben Stiller in it. And I was like, ah. You were kind of sold right away. I was interested, but I, I don't even remember really what I thought when I first heard about it. Cause this was before I really cared about Adam Sandler or like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really have any interest in Ben Stiller. I think Noah Baumbach at the time, it was like, I think the only things I had seen of his were like the squid and the whale. And, um, Oh God. What, what I hadn't seen Francis Hall. I hadn't seen mm-hmm. Mistress America. I hadn't seen kicking and screaming. What are some of his other movies? Greenland or whatever. What is Greenberg? I hadn't Greenberg. seen that. Of, uh, um, oh, oh, what's Nicole have... Kid? What's the Nicole Kidman? Uh, uh, Margot with the wedding. No, I hadn't seen no. that. I think this that might have only been my second one. I don't know why I had an interest in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was I funny. Have no yeah, idea. it could have just been from like word of mouth. Yeah, I think it was probably that. I think I probably heard that it was good, and Adam Sandler mm-hmm. was like doing a serious role, and I liked yeah. Punch Drunk Love. Uh, so it was like, oh, I want to see him do another serious role. Um, and yeah, I really liked it. But I, I liked it. I like it more and more every time I watch it. Like, I, I think my first vlog, I gave it four stars. And then this one, I gave it five. Mm-hmm. It's like a definite home run movie yeah. for me. Yeah, it's increased. It, it just what keeps, plateaued. Mm-hmm. What keeps bringing you back? Mm. I just love the way... Oh, it's hard to describe. I love the, the like almost like effortless way it portrays this dif- dysfunctional family who I'm pretty sure are Jewish, but I realize that they never, well, I like stories about Jewish families because I'm Jewish. So like, I like, I, I like be- feeling like I'm connecting things like with another family and like, but, but, but they never outwardly say they're Jewish. It's just their name. And I think all the actors are Jewish, but, and Noah Wait. Baumbach's Jewish. Are you telling yes. me Adam Sandler is Jewish? Whoa! <laughs> What's going on here? Is the Pope Catholic? Um, but yes, I think so. <laughs> I yeah, I just love. I love. It, it has much more of a like. I don't know. It's so conversational, mm-hmm. and effortless, and just just each time I watch it, there's like, I appreciate the characters like Dustin Hoffman's character in this watch really really got me just how well he plays this self-obsessed like artist and 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 his little like mannerisms the way he talks over his children the way it's like he 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 loves Matthew and he's so proud of him but only the way that he sees him and the way that he sees him in his memory. He doesn't care about anything he's doing now. Mm-hmm. And the way he's so sad, but he won't admit it. Like, oh, mm. all these little things are so good. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. And it's, just, it's such a sad, but also very like warm family movie. Ah. Like, mm. it's like, it's like, it's like being wrapped up in like a 
big warm blanket. It is a it's, blanket of a yeah. movie. Yeah. Clay, how did you first come to this? Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of the same as Brianna. I don't know if I've, I saw, I, I know like my first two Bombach movies were While We Were Young and this one. I can't remember what order specifically. Um, I'm, I think While We Were Young first, I think I saw, which I liked. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I don't know if I had like a strong opinion of it. I'm just like, oh, Ben Stiller, Adam Driver, that was a good movie. Um, Netflix was just really starting to make a name for itself in original programming. I mean, this was 2017, this was before Roma, this was before like a lot of their stuff, but this was still like after Feast of No Nation. So they were still like ramping up. Like I also noticed like, oh yeah, this is early Netflix because when I was watching it that, do you guys like know like the opening logo nowadays you're so used to it is the, you know, like the, the like colors or whatever, the uh, uh, rainbow like, yeah, coming yeah. at you or whatever. I don't know how to trying to be it. legitimate. Have you all seen? Yeah, wait, side it's note. just like big. Have you all seen big, the like, visual introduction? There's the one that uh, Hans Zimmer scored. Oh, I heard about it. A little longer that. to play in theaters. I just like did. I keep kept seeing people complain about it, and I was like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's fine. It's kind of <laughs> whatever. Neat, you know? yeah. It's kind of like any other studio logo. It's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But it. So when I queued it up, it was just the blank white like logo. And it just kind of made me realize, oh yeah, this was when they were still getting their like, you know, they were still getting it together, still trying to figure out what they want to be. I guess they still are, I mean, streaming is such in flux that I guess that's still... You're you're like nostalgic for it now. I mean, nostalgic, I'm more of like just surprised it happened. More like because I get so used to it. I'm just like, oh yeah, there was a time when Netflix wasn't like the like a monolith, like this monolithic figure in all of pop culture and entertainment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this like huge. And now like, it's like I mean, it's funny to think that we'll now feel the same way about the logo that we have now. That's just recently been extended. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, it, like, it hasn't been necessarily like years. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been like something that's been in in place for a ton of time. It's just something yeah. that if you watch so much Netflix, you get used to. But Besides that, I remember it being just, again, I just heard some, like, I just heard, it's word of mouth. I mean, back, like, with Netflix movies, that's what it was before they, because, like, there was no marketing for this movie. There was no push. I mean, it was in a few festivals, but I can't say there's, like, you know, like, if you see, this was before, like, Bright, right? I know that's a weird movie to mention. Was this before? It was the year of Bright, I believe. Interesting. Well, there was all the possible. It being it's a- either that or 2018. Mm. But I think it's 2016. I- when was I think Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad was 2016, right? Uh, you know what? I got my handy dandy phone on me. We're going to find <laughs> all these answers. Suicide Squad was I think Bright and Suicide Squad were the same year. Bright my- was 2017. Okay. <gasps> And Suicide Squad was 2016. So Bright, am I crazy? Or was Bright their first movie? They were like, Netflix, original, Will Smith, other people. Um, interesting director movie. I mean, it came out in December. And Myra was out in like October or September. Yeah. What'd you but say? Like, was it- I think it's David Ayer. Yes. David yes, it is David Ayer. Yeah. Um, but wasn't it their first big push of a movie? Like, wasn't that their? I think it like, was. They're like, like their... this. We make movies now. We're Netflix. You know. Yeah. 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 But my first was at like it, it was, was at, at Cannes. 
it mm-hmm. wasn't can and then there was the big like i was reading earlier the big like hullabaloo over it being i forget who it was the oh pedro Alm- i Almadava. i don't know what his last name is you got close yeah that. <laughs> very close i just have never fully read his last name um he said it's better with an accent anyway okay <laughs> um yeah he he made like a, a he made a whole thing about uh it being a streaming movie and uh, whether it was eligible for something 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 or other mm-hmm. but it caused okay. a controversy and that's probably how i heard about it honestly hmm. yeah if it was that's, el- uh, yeah yeah that's like that's definitely a film twitter thing to talk yeah. about right um, he was kind of I'm, I'm sure he was the one that sparked it all of like all the auteurs being like they're not considered like um like mov- movies or something i feel like it's all coming uh, back to me now it's all yeah back. how i heard about Meyer Witch stories because of I that, I feel yeah. like. Mm. I literally think I just saw good reviews. I don't know if like, I wasn't really submerged in the culture, right. which is just a whole, I don't, I, I hate everything I just said. That was a weird way to <laughs> just submerge in the culture. God, what a pompous dick. All right. Um, well, actually, no, no but that but, is similar to me too. I'm not too different from you guys that if 20, 2016, I've talked about before, that was the year that I started to get into learning about festivals and following them, uh, with a microscope and it's like the can 2017 i also remember a little movie called good time um i was really really hyped for little because movie. little little itty bitty movie because of just word of mouth at a festival and it's like something so cool that i feel like i'm participating in even if i'm not there that's how i always feel about festivals even and that was just mm-hmm. the same thing but with more fomo <laughs> and now mm-hmm. um with Meyerwitz, i think i like you i think i had seen while we're young and Francis Ha. And I had known the name Noel Baumbach. Um, yeah, but it's like, I feel, yeah, and I feel like it's similar to Honey Boy where it's like day one that it was on streaming, I'm there, but it wasn't like I was close to any theaters that had it and I couldn't feel like I had early access or anything, um, but still like similar thing, similar deal. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, I, re- I, I really, really dug it, even though as we get older and progress, like we catch more nuances. And I, I suppose um, you can say that for anything, but mm-hmm. with something this kind of adult and reflecting on past mistakes and forgiveness, it's kind of like... Well, it's all like middle-age crises. So. Yeah. Like four different middle-age crises, or three, I guess, are going on at the same time. So it's definitely like... yeah. The older you get, the more respect you're going to have. Also, it's it's a movie that looks back instead of yeah. like forward or anything. It's like, uh, what you know? How do you feel about shit that happened 20 years ago? Like, and how yeah. it's still like it's still in you. Um, also, I showed this to my dad on this revisit, and mm-hmm. whenever I show him anything, he's I'm always like, um, "What do you think?" And he'll sometimes give me like one or two sentences because I don't expect much, obviously, but it's just it's funny how it's like so short. Mm-hmm. And, he, and this time he was like, forgiveness. And they just walked out of the room. He was just like, yeah. That's so good. <laughs> that's really funny. It was something like, past mistakes. That's really funny. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Like, that's so good. He got it. He got liked, the movie. Was, yeah, yeah, exactly. He was like, I thought Sandler was really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right, thanks, Dad. <laughs> I think my second watch, I showed it to my parents, and they thought it was just okay and that there was just too much talking. I was like, fuck you guys. <laughs> fuck you guys. Nah, I didn't say that. But I was like, fuck you guys. Too much talking. 
<laughs> like they so didn't funny. like how it was just so like conversation. It's so conversational. It's very snappy. So good. And, there's, about and it. everybody's talking over each other. I'm I'm sure. Like yeah. less realism. Like come I on. think I saw someone compare the opening scene with Sandler or saying someone said something to the effect that the opening scene with Sandler trying to drive around in parallel park is like mm-hmm. just as anxiety inducing or more than some of the scenes in Uncut Gems. It's true. <laughs> Which is right. like so true. It's mm-hmm. like because there's like four so different conversations. <laughs> they're like talking over each other. He like you know Eliza's like, I, I think we should be vegetarian. And then he's managing all of this. I mean, it's also parking. It's very stressful. So that's, that's a good observation. Yeah. That's so good. Like not, not only is, is he said no, son, such a good writer. He's also just like, a re- I'm not sure if underrated is the right word, but he doesn't get talked to about enough as like a pretty solid uh, choreographer and not in like a dance mm-hmm. number, but it's, it's like you have to really re- rehearse all these intricacies and um all the things put in place to to make everything go as smooth and as authentic as as you conjure up so it's like Mm -hmm. to see and um and one of my favorite scenes once we'll get to it later it's similar to this where it's like you feel like um it's controlled chaos Mm -hmm. (laughs) right yeah Yeah. very interesting especially same thing with um the the second half of vicious america is also like that (laughs) where it's like kind of feels like a 40s screwball comedy on crack cocaine i think yeah i saw someone describe <laughs> it like that i forget who but i've always stuck with that um good movie i liked it yeah <laughs> mistress america or this both both yeah, <laughs> yeah. i loved mistress america mistress america it's is so like fucking good the the best depiction of a big sister but someone who isn't your big sister right yeah yeah Totally relate. Real good. <laughs> I, I have, um, I haven't seen Mr. America. I hear that's good. I, I'm, mm. I mean, I'm familiar with Bumbuck, but I, I don't know. His filmography is weird to me. I don't feel the need, even though I liked all the movies. Right? I've didn't seen didn't we say like this in Francis Ha? We've covered urge. Francis Ha, by the way. Yes, we have done Francis Ha. So this is our second Bumbuck. Um, and Which one is the yeah. Two Timers Club with uh, Ryan Johnson, me, Ryan, Steve McQueen. Um, that's it. Great club. We're going to throw a party with all of them. Nice. Um, so is this, we can get to favorite bomb box later, but I kind of, mm. I'm interested. So I was doing some research to talk about Netflix and 2017 is really the year they started like ramping stuff up. Yeah. Um, it was like a, I, I'm, it's now, as we're talking about this, it's all coming mm-hmm. back to me. Like this was, like your entire one life, the, too. One of the biggest, like, original releases, I think. It was, like, a big deal that this was, that this had come out, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it definitely, well, I mean, it was but their then, first push for yeah. auteur, like, auteurs. And then everyone it was def- about it. Mm-hmm. It was definitely, like, like, we don't make, you know, we don't just make, like, you know, $5 comedies or, you know, just wasteful thrillers or anything we you know we welcome real artists we're you know we're an actual company like you know take us seriously yeah. it was definitely like that move right. um but there's but the funny thing is sandler has a very direct connection with netflix because one of their first movies from what i see it's like their second movie ever is yeah. city wax the ridiculous six. Oh. oh fuck yeah i watched Which, that <laughs> 
I think is still considered one of their biggest yeah. movies ever. Like that's right. Oh, that's good. That, Didn't it come out like hilarious. during Hateful Eights? Yeah. Yes, because it was twenty fifteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yes, that would make sense because yeah, there was that all those. Con- oh wow, weird. Um, but yeah, like because there because Netflix was just getting started. Beast of No Nation was their first kind of like you know we make movies apparently, um, and like you know it's not just comedy specials anymore. We have like a film. Um, and I think it's like, and they, then there was this big hubbub, oh, you know, Adam Sandler signs a three picture deal or six picture deal with Netflix. And then people were like, oh fuck, what's going on now? Like people started kind of like stopped just got like, you know, just uh, scoffing at the idea of Netflix becoming an actual production company. And so it's funny that Sandler, even though this was not part of the deal or whatever, like, I don't mm. think he's like, I don't think Happy no. Madison is not involved in this film whatsoever. He is mm. in one of their first like serious art projects, quote unquote, of in, in like Netflix. And 2017 is when they start doing stuff. This is like the year of Okja, I think War Machine, mm. Mm. Death Note, Gerald's Game, like movies that are Okja whatever you feel about them. along with uh, Meyerowitz at Cannes that they premiered them together. What did? What did? Okja. Okja, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I think he committed oh. for the poem, actually. That's 1922. Yeah. Like, this is when they start actually, like... I wouldn't be surprised if... Considering Okja making actual, like, Compete movies. for the poem. Like, if Pedro Almodovar was, like, upset about that, too. About <laughs> like, what? Uh, Okja competed for mm. the poem. It's like, oh, no, wait a minute. This is an, o- an Okja episode, Jesus. but I remember... Sorry. I, like like this is all coming back. Um, I love it. I remember people booing at the Netflix logo. Oh, Am I yeah. crazy? Or is I this, no, this I remember that. that. I didn't hear nice. about that. Oh, yeah, that's like, nuts. I wonder, like Oak Joe was I mean, a bigger fucking deal. Can. Like, right, right. I mean, well, I'm sure it was over exaggerated, like, but the fact that yeah, yeah. I mean, I like all the um, festivals. Don't get me wrong, but I always, I always do get a like, like I always do, you know, laugh when I hear like, oh, they walked right. out of this or right. they booed that and like all right come on uh, come yeah. the house that jack built is always a prime example oh i loved reading about this yeah exactly so oh funny. my gosh so it was so i'm like this is not like people did not, mm, not like want to punch lars in the face but uh yeah it's it was just funny to see not only their um like legitimacy and verification be sort of like built up as the decade goes on um but that was the like, first. I, I feel yeah. like the, that was the first time. It's like I feel like this the same kind of rings true. Like they just they just want best picture really badly. Is the yeah. sense that you is the energy they that were you always thirsty get. for it. They're really thirsty. I mean, they still are thirsty. And it's, it, they got it's, very close it, a few times. Yeah, and as soon as they do, they'll always be like not considered. I don't. I don't think we considered less than um, like a traditional studio. But it's like. I feel like traditional studios look down upon them because it's like you're just a new kid on the block. It's kind of like well, it's like, also challenging their entire like business yeah. structure of like They're how disrupting they under- the whole film industry. Mm-hmm. No yeah. one, yeah, it, it, they don't un- they don't like change. I mean, and whether it's good or bad, I mean, I, I don't really feel like having that discussion. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's like, a the, whole other can of worms. Yeah, just like whatever. Like, and movie- we're the people to have it. Yeah, movies are dead. Movies are not. I don't. I, I don't know. But I, I do think it's interesting that like we mentioned that this is the year that they try to build up reputation. This is also the year that people started to be like, you know, chill. Like, you know, like the you know industry professionals were 
actively like shit talking them because this was the year that they became sort of an actual threat in act like movies you know just making their own movies and being taken seriously as just any others and um i don't know it's interesting um do you think bombach is gonna keep with the netflix model i don't know because what his last two films are netflix marriage story mm-hmm. and Meyerowitz. i don't know i have no idea yeah. i don't I feel like it's been, I mean, Marriage Story and Myra's stories were both very really successful. good yeah. and very successful. Myra's stories is better, though. Ooh. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, what's your favorite Mombach? But, like, that's that's Probably the take. This. People have, like, <sighs> I Marriage can't Story say Marriage is really good, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something... I mean, maybe I should watch it again. I think I got soured by how hyped it got and how quickly Myrowitz stories I felt like was just forgotten about when it's so fucking good yeah and just mm. I don't think got the attention that it deserved and also film Twitter has kind of like evolved in not only popularity but yeah. kind of very like um they, they always look at something very deeply and they yeah. they like hold things very close to themselves yes um and they they're the gatekeeper and in, in what in deciding and like what stays and what goes um and that's that's also evolved um yeah and see and seeing that when marriage story came out and rather than Meyer was being played into it as well yeah i agree with that marriage story got like it was weird mar- the way marriage story got like torn apart by film twitter i feel like it was fully right. accepted by it they like loved it and i loved it i thought it was great. I, I loved it too yeah and then i just don't know where it went downhill they all got yeah. upset about that it was the, very the it was scene, the fight mal- scene. They were yeah, all, like, the fight scene yeah real acting and then no it's not and, and right. how about we all just shut the fuck up yeah <laughs> like, it's good off. it's good yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it and is then good. i think netflix kind of pour salt on the wound as well because they tried to participate in something where it's like they thought they were being laughed with and not laughed at hmm. and at some point we didn't know <laughs> yeah so it's it's quite strange it's very weird but yeah yeah i think so jack what's your favorite bone bock i don't know i like them mine's all. francis ha <laughs> good call. i, I, I kind of francis ha is amazing just, I just, oh, that movie is just so perfect to me. I just. I only watched it for the first time in quarantine, so I don't want to say it's I, one of I did my too. favorites because I like to watch a movie again and sit with it mm-hmm. a bit more, but I watched this and Mistress America for the first time during lockdown and I like loved them mm-hmm. like so much. It's I so watched, good. So I watched Francis Hopkins. I'll say Mistress America. I'll, I'll, I'll champion Mistress America. Oh, okay. Damn, nice. this is going to be a contrarian. Fuck yeah, right, dude. Cool. The best ones. These are three, These three, I think, are the best ones that I've seen for sure. So good, also, good group. Squid and the Whale. I, I think it's really kind of nasty and cynical. I, I, I wouldn't dispute that. Um, I, think that's, I think that's Anything sort with of Jeff Daniels fl- is. <laughs> oh, it's got Jesse um, Eisenberg, too. I need to rewatch Laura Linney. Laura Linney. Mm. Amazing never bad uh if sort of like the warm embrace of divorce in marriage story is how you see it then square the whale is most definitely the flip side of the coin where it's like very um cunning and and very cold coffee. yeah it's it's just, yeah it's it's from it's from a point of view that is resentful and that can come off poorly, and uh, it's it's it's, his mo- it's one of his most autobiographical works of of an actual 
child going through this and not the participant. Mm-hmm. Is this his least? But I like it too. Well, I have a question. So, like, is this his least like autobiographical? I guess well, Francis Ha, but like. <laughs> There's that whole discourse with Marriage Story of like, oh, it's just him working out his issues about with, you know, Jennifer Jason Lee. It's, you know, while we're young, has him as like a jaded filmmaker or whatever. Like, is this the one he's most removed from? Or do you think it's still, I think, or do you think all his movies have that same personal connection? Apparently that um, Harold is is most, is a lot like his dad. I've, oh, I've heard him talk about that. <laughs> um, Hell yeah, dude, that must be rough. But no, I mean, like, there's nothing. I don't think that there's anything wrong. Just to reinforce, it's not wrong. It's just funny because that's because that's the rap he gets. Because it's just oh, he's just working out. And also, I think think all filmmakers are. I haven't re-listened to our Francis Hall episode, so I I guess like I apologize if we're like covering the same bases. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But there's also a clear divide that you can draw in the sand, like from the movies that he was with Jennifer Jason Leigh with, and the movies that he was with Greta Gerwig and how that affected his work. Um, and this, at this time, he was obviously with Greta Gerwig. Um, and so what, how the movies look, feel, um, how they're acted can, can sort of shift based on not only the, the position of his relationship, but who the relationship is with. Yeah, maybe. How you treat I, people I, I, can affect. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Um, but yeah, no, I think what gets me about this movie is, um, Rihanna, you said effortless, effortless when you were first talking about this. And I think that's, yeah, that comes across, honestly, because it's, you know, he's, man- he's juggling so many different dynamics and the dialogue is so snappy and, it ha- you know, it's overlapping whenever and they're always moving. They're never sitting still, usually, besides like at the dinner table, but either they're you know they're walking talking or they're uh in the middle of just like i mean there's a lot of running in this movie for some reason <laughs> and it's always funny. the first time they've seen gene run it's oh yeah i love, <laughs> That's I how, love how they all run in this awkward way too it's very funny <laughs> dustin hawkins running is really cute oh yeah it's like little penguin run it's so good oh i had some- and sandler trying to catch up with him just like with the limp just like dad dad, dad. Oh, yeah, his limp I think one of the reasons I'm remembering my parents didn't like this movie is because it's just so, they like, my parents are so picky about movies. They like, they like movie movies. And I think they didn't like how kind of uncinematic this is because it Mm -hmm. is just people talking in different rooms for two hours. Right. Yeah. Or or it's like, just yeah. I can understand them being like bored by it, but I don't know. It's there's. It's not very like twisty. Yeah. No, it's just conversations, but there's so much going on in them that it it it's all there. I mean. Yeah. And it's very. And Noah's always going to be trusting. He's always going to be understated. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And not to say that he's he's like not to confuse that with abstraction, but he he's someone that you kind of have to dig through the sand to find his message. Like he's, it's not going to be monologued, especially not in marriage story because no. there are monologues, <laughs> but uh, it's, there are monologues but, in mistress America. Oh, and but that's Tra- a yeah. very like unrealistic yes. movie. It's very, right. like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's very working hyper. in a sort of fantasy yeah. kind of land, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like very much, <laughs> especially when we get to Connecticut. Oh my God. Which oh, so good. Yeah. 
it took me like a while to figure out what that movie was like what its shtick was i couldn't understand why they were talking like that and then yeah. finally like 20 or 30 minutes in i'm like got it it's not okay. supposed to be real it. life this right, isn't right, real life right. we are in heaven <laughs> i'm interested yeah. to see it now this is the I bad place no yeah. context for this interesting okay Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect when I went mm-hmm. in, and I was—I had no idea what was same, going on. Same. You'll get it when you start it. You'll be like, "Why the fuck?" But you'll know. I think I saw it to prepare for Marriage Story because I was—I was gonna also watch Greenberg, but I didn't. But like something happened, didn't have time for it, and I was like, "Okay, I'm—I'm I'm glad I picked this one over Greenberg." Mm-hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> I think Greenberg and uh, Kicking and Screaming are my only blind spots. Kicking and Screaming is good. I haven't yeah. seen Greenberg. Kicking and Screaming is like almost like a mini debut? yeah okay it's like a mini version of of Myrit stories where it's just people walking and talking in different rooms but it's very good your parents would hate it my parents would really actually you know what i watched it with my dad and he had no opinion on it we finished my, it and he was like all right if i saw it with my dad he'd be like college yeah right, literally. right? Yeah. <laughs> no yeah but it's good mm. check it out. amazing yeah, I'll, def- yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Um, yeah, but like it, it is weirdly chaotic. I mean, I feel like I'm just repeating what you said earlier, Jack, but it is weirdly chaotic, but also measured. It doesn't feel like it, it never loses itself. It always feels somewhat contained into like, it never feels like it's overreaching. It's, yeah. you know, kind of, it's confident in its character so much that it kind of, it doesn't, it doesn't try to do something like, like really, I don't want to say crazy, but unnatural it doesn't force anything it's all pretty like it's free-flowing and mm-hmm. it's weird because these yeah. are very awkward characters and it's like and there's a lot of, a lot of awkward relationships so it doesn't really feel like an awkward movie if that makes sense because it right. feels like yeah it doesn't feel awkward at all because it, it these just their relationships feel so real and i mean they're awkward but they're so tangible like, I mean, especially, like, I feel like, like Matt and Danny's relationship is very awkward. And then Matt and Danny's relationship with Jean is even more awkward. She's extremely awkward. But it just feels so, like, this is how people are. This is how some sibling relationships are. It's complicated and it is awkward. And in that way, it isn't awkward, you know? But it never sits with its awkwardness, which I guess maybe is, it, it's always moving. It's this yeah. is a very like, I mean, it's an, I think it's like right under two hours, but it really mm-hmm. is, it feels like it's paced at like an hour 30, if that makes sense. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it keeps going. It doesn't really stop to settle. It's paced like Francis Ha. I mean, even when it's like close to settling into something, it it does this really sharp cut into something completely different. It will, yeah. Oh my gosh, and we can get and see it editing later. But I, I think... If it were to be more awkward, then the tone would be more bleak. But since yeah, since they're always talking about talking over each other and going on separate train tracks, um, it's it's like accidental rith- rhythm. Like you like if if you have a screenwriter, like it's funny that we haven't covered any Quentin Tarantino, by the way. Like you think it would mm-hmm. come up by now. Um, anyway, so like if you take a screenwriter like Tarantino who does not write realistic dialogue, but he finds song in realistic dialogue. Um, Same thing with guess, Sorkin. Yeah, right. Or Aaron Sorkin, of course. Like, prime example. Um, yeah, it's it's someone who's like, I'm going to make my own fantasy land. <laughs> like, they write in Mistress America land. <laughs> and, um, and it's like, listen, I think, uh, like, um, Aaron Sorkin's even said that 
uh, writing words on paper sound like opera to me. And, and it's like, he forms his own sort of language in movies, but with Noah Baumbach, he's just like, no, like language is language. And that's sort of my shtick. So yeah, um, he's not interested in the extra. He's not creating like, a, like... in creating something, but how it is can be, mm-hmm. um, it can feel feel natural. The naturalism is what is what sounds exciting because he doesn't. Yeah, like I, I took notice on my first viewing of the editing, especially of how he would just just cut. Like we get it. Like the movie just feels like it's it's on a rush to get somewhere, even though we're not going anywhere exciting like a movie movie mm-hmm. right mm. um yeah it also it also it, it now feels more like, french new wavy which I, I i mentioned in francis i remember that but is that the technical term french new wavy it is the technical term french new wavy yeah yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I think my film professor talked to me about french new wavy right. um <laughs> but you know i think like the hard cuts do also just add to that chaotic feel of it because every no, this is an un, this is an unfocused movie, but in the best way, meaning that it's just there. Even though it is two people talking, there's like a million things kind of happening at once. There's five different conversations happening within the one conversation. There, are like, and they change subjects so quickly in the like. You know, they'll they'll talk about something like uh, LJ, and then they'll move on without any transition to what about the house? Are we going to sell the house? It's just like it. It just doesn't. It's so. It feels very unstructured, um, but like, it, and I think that kind of invites you into kind of trying to piece it all together, but it doesn't alienate you into kind of like, oh, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about now. Like, I'm so like, I, I can't keep track. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all just, I don't know. It's a tightrope, for sure. With it's funny dialogue. how how it like you say that it was structure, but it's like so divided into chapters. <laughs> Like it's it's evenly like Danny. Yeah. And I'm not like I'm not disagreeing. It's just like yeah, this this is kind of like loose and we're 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 dancing mm-hmm. around each other. But like we want it's it's similar to Mayor's story where he keeps a, little, a similar uh, duality duality <laughs> duality at, of the uh, Charlie and Nicole situation. Um, but now over here, it's it's now um, Matt and Danny. Mm-hmm. He's, he's he likes the the two sides of the coin sort of deal, mm-hmm. especially now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's two different. Oh, well, I didn't. Yeah, it's two different. They're exploring two different perspectives, and that's what I mean. Yeah. Marriage story is trying to do is explore two different perspectives of a relationship, and this one too. But it's but it's connected to five other different relationships. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like the characters all seem pretty realized, but without giving you like. In, like an overt explanation of everything. Um, I do wish we got a little more Gene, though. I do. I do wish we got some because I think Elizabeth Marvel in in this movie is just spectacular. Mm. I mean, everybody's spectacular. Yeah. True, but I just her comic energy and she's doing a lot with a little, mm-hmm. so it always just and she and she you know she never takes over a scene, so she's always kind of like yeah, she's not a scene sealer, but she is a scene sealer. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. She just yeah. kind of pops in and pops out really easily. She can yeah. kind of get the best read on on everybody. Um, even though... Marvel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's right. great. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. She's a real. She's been in so many. Um, she's popped up in so many things I've watched. Like yeah. on, she's one of those character actors where 
I see them. I'm like, oh, her. It's always nice. It's funny. It's funny that you bring that up because, like, I mm-hmm. I keep referencing this, but when I saw it with my dad, um, like the first scene that she popped up um, when we first meet Jean, she, he's like, I've seen her somewhere. Oh yeah, she's and then, one of those. And then yeah. when the movie ended, and they and um, um, it's a directed by Noah Baumbach. He's like, Homeland. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> She's on Homeland. <laughs> She's oh on Homeland. Yeah, it's like, like okay, you had to wait all the time to figure <laughs> it out because because like sometimes he'll do that. Like he won't even go on IMDb to figure it out. He's just like he has to replay everything every like night of the summer. Like like just look at like you have the thing, internet at your fingertips. Like, she plays President Elizabeth. It'd be King funny. It's funny in Homeland. Oh, she plays the president. Okay. That's so funny. <laughs> Sounds good. She really to me. is that though. She's that yeah. lady from that thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. But she's very. She's she great. She's so um, great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad he didn't cast another. He, he movie doesn't star really write that. a character like like this. I can't really think of of a gene in another Noah Baumbach movie. I mean, may, unless unless there is one in Kicking and Screaming at Greenberg. That we just haven't seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be talking right. shit like yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't know anything. Oh, they know so much about <laughs> Noah's work. Yeah, you <laughs> like her the way she's so awkward and insecure, but also very headstrong in a way. Mm. She's very assured right. of herself, but at the same time, so like shy. Well, like, she's the most self-aware out of all of them. Yeah, yeah. Self-aware is yeah. definitely the best way to describe her. I like her a lot. She's such a she's a really good character. She's Where does she live in New York? Where is Rochester. Rochester? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say Rockford, but that's not in New York. <laughs> Who cares? Rock, Rockford, Rock, Rochester, all of the rocks. Um. Yeah. No. I think. Yeah. I think she's really good. She's. She always stood out to me because also like. You you know headline Ben Siller, Adam Sandler, but you know Dustin like, Hoffman. Hoffman. Yeah. So it it. But I do find I'm glad he didn't cast another movie star in that role because I feel like. Mm-hmm. It'd get, it get it gets to a point where you're just like okay all right I get it you just called in all your friends <laughs> you can get yeah you can get anybody um yeah but, Wait, but I mean so, Ben Stiller yeah. and Adam Sandler are still like so good for those roles I feel mm-hmm. like as comedians and uh, people being more familiar with them as comedy actors I feel like it it gives them this like and I don't know maybe it's because they're just really good actors in general but I don't know there's this like tenderness that they're very both very good at accessing they're, bo- they're both very good they're this, so yeah. human and so fragile both yeah. of them are fragile in very different ways and yeah so like i can't think of two better <clears throat> actors for those roles mm-hmm. mm. they have like they're an both reachable too like mm-hmm. you can kind of like they're both and when i mean reachable i mean like they don't feel aloof they don't feel like they're there's this obstruction from you kind of mm. understanding or empathizing with them. They do mm-hmm. feel like inviting to kind of just be like, well, what's, what's your deal? Yeah. What's your problem? Yeah. Almost have sure. like an, like an anti-chemistry between each other. Um, they, mm-hmm. they don't click. They, they don't, they don't gel so well together. Like you want to keep watching them, but they won't, they, the reason you keep watching them is like, they're trying to be so there. hard to click. They're trying hard and they, yeah. and they want to be there for Harold, but um, and they want to understand each other. They want to they understand want to each other, better. even though um, Matt will always think that he's better than Danny, and Danny just wants to understand. He just wants to like think. He just wants to think he knows Matt's situation, even 
I don't think yeah, Matt they're, thinks he's better. The dynamic than, is really addicting. Yeah. I just think that I think Matt. I think they resent each other for different things, mm-hmm. but ultimately want to understand each other and get mm-hmm. past that resentment. Yeah. It's so sweet. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it, it is. Try, like, I feel like I've had a lot of Danny and Matt uh, relationships when like we're both trying so hard to just get to a point, like, especially like people that you haven't seen in a while, like, um like a best friend you haven't seen like three or four years and you you know you lost contact with them and you see them and you're just trying to get back into that mode of like you're trying to click into that chemistry again you want it to go back as it what to what you know what it used to be and feel like nothing changed but there's just this there's this disconnect that makes it so hard and gets it and can make it so cringy but the moments where it does connect it feels like a revelation so like they're they're like seeing it, you know them smashing the car or whatever was that mm-hmm. that it, you know it just ignited their connection again like oh that's right you know we you know we connect like you know we had it they were so alone in their childhood because they were so cut off from their father and you know a lot of their other from their mother and you know that conflict itself that just them connecting feeling like you know, they're not alone in this struggle. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Just was like, it, it, it feels like that's why Danny is trying, like that's why they, why they both want this so badly. It never feels like sometimes in these kind of movies where you're like, why are you guys even trying? Like you obviously hate each other. Like, why do you need to like have a relationship? Because it, it, it just, it becomes a little exhausting because it's like, this, this is how, was, this would not be how people act. But in this, it feels like no, there is this, there is this thing they're working towards. It's this like light at the end of the tunnel where they, mm. you know, they're friends. You know, they, they you know, they, they're brothers. Right. Um, and there's yeah. Pam connects them. Pam. Good old Pam. <laughs> there are scenes with her are so good when so they good. Yeah. The first time and they hug her. <laughs> it's so, so funny. funny. I also, also think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just. Um, I was looking at Adam Sandler's filmography before we started, and like, I, it's funny that the only movie that they did together as well was um, Happy Gilmore. Ben Stiller. Yeah, Ben Stiller. Is Happy that. Gilmore? I just watched that. Like, he's, the, he's the he's yeah. the he's the he's the orderly. That oh, um, it's not like they're together together, but it's like wow, for all these years, like I haven't seen many of his movies, but that one's always stuck out. That's like I totally forgot that. Yeah, I forgot okay. about that too. But yeah. he's good in that. What were you gonna say, Brian? <laughs> no, I was sorry. gonna say I think the 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 car smashing scene symbolizes the fact that they don't have to be two different people to mm-hmm. connect to to connect or bond with one another. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very absurd situation, but yeah. I mm-hmm. think that's what the sentiment is. Well, they finally found a middle ground in something, like in a joint experience, because each of them starts talking about what the other is doing or how the other feels, and they can't, they just don't understand each other. They, they, you know, like, when he talks about his work, you know, Sandler has, like, or Danny is just so, like, I I don't know what you're talking about, and tries so (laughs) hard to find some common ground. Same thing with... Well, um, your clients didn't have a choice. Well, it's fully their choice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then like, also those scenes yeah. with them like talking over each other just definitely like highlight how much they've gotten from their dad and how they think they're very different mm-hmm. from their dad yeah, yeah, yeah. but they've really they're so much like him 
Yeah. Absolutely. It's funny. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> the Adam Sandler that I've seen the most is Punch Drunk Love. Mm. And I noticed that um, when he works on a tour, they always use his ang- <laughs> they use his anger and outbursts kind of sparingly or mm. um, his sociopathy to like their advantage. Like there's there's something in there that's just like the 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 aggression is waiting to break out, but we know how to break it out. Uh, yeah. Purposely, and so when they smash the car, or even you could say the opening, <laughs> where it's just like, okay, yeah, this is this is like what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. It's always funny our our relationship with Adam Sandler. Cause I we like always, it. I think yeah. it's good. I think it's interesting. Yeah. Totally. Like, there's not something quite. There, I can't think of someone quite like him in the sense of <laughs> the, the, like, our weird relationship with him. The cool kids know how good he is, but everybody else is like just figuring it out too. We've known for a while. Yeah, but those cool kids also used to dunk on him a lot. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. It, it, always it, it's cool weird. Yeah, I know. It's like they're all just, I don't know, people, he, he's a hes a Rorschach of a person, I think. <laughs> I, I think everyone has a different story. reaction to him. Mm-hmm. I also really, speaking of his aggression and outbursts in the movie, other than the intro and the car scene, I love the way they make his character, he's so fragile and soft-spoken and so, you know, very, I guess he keeps to himself and then he just has these moments where he just freaks out. Like, they're not big freakouts, but, like, he'll, he'll, oh, God, where's the one? There's the one where they're telling him in the cafeteria that he should get his hip checked out and he's peeling the banana and he's like, stop fucking eat talking fucking about banana. it. He just wants to eat my fucking banana. And then there's another scene <laughs> so oh, where, where they're confronting Maureen about not being able mm-hmm. to talk to the doctor. She's in the car and he's like, just let us talk to him. Just let us, or just let us talk to the doctor. Just let us talk to the doctor. And then all of a sudden he just screams at her and then it cuts to the next part. <laughs> I've right. noticed that a lot of the yeah. hard cuts were in the, him in the middle of angry outbursts. Yes. Like Bombach was like, I'm not going to give you what you want. Or not yeah. what you want, but I'm not going to give you full Sandler. You don't get full Sandler. This is not a full Sandler movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like in a Bouchmit <laughs> where you never see Jack Nicholson freak out. <laughs> sort of deal. Um, it's funny. Like I, I, but it's, yeah. it's like the, um, the moments that you're talking about Sandler being very uh, calm. <laughs> Is contrasted like um, it's contrasted with the birth with the outburst, like when he's saying goodbye to his daughter, mm-hmm. and that and it's like that's that's just really really good stuff, where he's just like he's losing this part of his life that he's that it's kind of dictated his life, like he's always been a stay at home dad and not much of a career outside of that, and then you cut mm-hmm. to um, the, a few minutes after that, uh, Harold admitting that he's selling the house. And then he's just like, well, this should be a family discussion. I feel like that matchup involved. And he involved. keeps like turning. Like he keeps yeah, and you feel, and yeah, the marine, turns But he's watching the baseball this, game. Yeah. He's so like, frazzled. He's so in the middle of this like huge upheaval of everything. Like the thing, the great thing about his performance is that you always feel like he's capable of those outbursts. It doesn't feel like. But it, he's I mean, not he, dangerous. He's just very no, he's like, not. broken. Oh, you think I he's think. like, he's on a constant, like you. I, you know, honestly, I feel like at any point he could just, you know, completely melt down at any moment. He's so, yeah. like, he's, he's, on I mean, he's like a fucking, he's a broken egg trying to put tapes on the cracks. And, you know, it's <laughs> just like, 
he just can't like he's just trying to hold everything together yeah he's not a howard ratner no well no they're both trying to hold everything together just in different ways hmm. certainly yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, i'm just thinking of I, I i was just thinking of like what would be the reaction if uncut gems came out first and then meyerwitz came out second I don't know, because I feel like people don't really even talk about... Well, I don't know. You think Myrowitz would have been bigger? Because Uncut Gems was such a huge pop. Yeah. And it kind of reinvigorated everyone's attention to him and be like, oh, wow, he's actually like... He knows what he's doing. I think there's this this whole fantasy where people are like, he has no idea how much of a parody he is. And it's just like, that's just not true. It's the same thing with Nicolas Cage. They know exactly how fucking manic they are. It, they're, it's, they're not unaware what they're doing. So I think yeah. if like, so I, so I don't know. I think that maybe, I don't know. I don't well, because Meyerowitz didn't have, I think, much of an effect, if any, on Uncut Gems. So I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to say, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. like, I feel like I barely even saw people talking about Meyerowitz stories in relationship to Uncut Gems when it was like, because nobody like talks about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like weird, and it's such a good performance. Like it's as good as Howard Ratner. It's just different, but it's still like very like I don't know. There's still so much going on, and just because it isn't as manic and crazy, it doesn't mean it's not as good or that Howard Ratner is a better performance. I think they yeah. are just as good as each other. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they're going sometimes one things. thing does not have to be better than the other. It's so. true. It's very yeah. true. But like we're talking about that, how Meyerowitz didn't make real a real impact. I'm just curious that since Sandler is now the craze and everyone loves him, that if Meyerowitz like, I feel like this probably would have popped more if it came out after this. I yeah, but, I think know. you're right. I'm always trying to a, bring Meyerowitz. Mm into the public eye i had a, i rewatched it like literally a few months ago and i did a i i made a few posts about it and people were like yeah man dude my stories is really good we should all talk about it more <laughs> and then just like the movie they were all forgotten about and i was like yeah that's how it goes yeah i can't do this forever <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but, uh, it's such it, yeah. it, it is really kind of it's a sleeper it's a pure sleeper it is um, a sleeper for sure but it's like it doesn't and, you yeah. think it would be a sleeper. It's still sleeping though. It's, well, it's it's not wide awake. We gotta wake it up. Yeah. It's still sleeping. <laughs> but every time and every time I watch it, and I mean I watched it like I think before lockdown started, I had rewatched it and I watched it last night and it just still like I think in the first scene I just started crying like for no reason. Mm-hmm. It just hits right. so good. It's so good. It's so comfortable. Adam Sandler does that to you. He does. <laughs> It's a comfortable movie to watch. Like, I watch. This is my second time seeing it, and I just, I was kind of just shocked of how it just doesn't feel stale at all. Like, it's just because it's a lot of the same isms in each scene, and a lot of the same like like scene structure of like conversation and you know like uh, physical movement. But it all feels so just comfortable and mm-hmm. investing all the same. I feel like the Duke Cross brothers I, are kind of like that for me sometimes. Hmm. Like like they're kind of the the Noah Baumbach of like the like the evil version. <laughs> um, 
They are evil. <laughs> I can't tell them apart. Which one's Mark? Which one's Jay? Um, yeah, and and it's not like they're. I don't dislike them, but I think they're they're the mistakes that Noah Baumbach could have fallen into. <laughs> you know, um, you're not wrong. I can't even think of one of their movies. And I know I've seen quite a there few. There is Jeff Who Lives in Home. The one, oh the my one God. I love. Everyone hates. The, with the bum zooms, yeah. Uh, I liked chair. that, actually, when I saw it when I was in with high school, with, though. With film with Jonah Hill. Um, oh, Cyrus. I liked that Cyrus. one, too, in high school. Marissa Tomei, yeah. The only the puffy Floss um, movie I think I've seen is the one I love, and I had to write an essay on it. What? Is that directed by so, them? Isn't it? Or yeah. not, you know, it might just be written by. Them. Like they or, do like, everything, and I don't like. I don't like. I kind of like that, but it, at the same time, it's like stick to your lane. <laughs> I don't know why it's so like irritating. Like, cause they'll edit, they'll write, they'll direct, they'll right. star in it. Like, it's it's kind of like, dude. For some reason, when Mark they Dupas, when Mark Dupas popped up in Bombshell, I got really furious all of a sudden. I don't know why. <laughs> I like. like bunch of anger just erupted in me and he was just a nothing role and i just saw his face and i just like oh wow i hate this who's and it's not like um, i hate the guy but it's just it was a weird so, i had this so off track anger. but who kind of looks like him he was he was in office space ron oh, livingston oh ron livingston, livingston. yes yeah. yes oh my god yeah i used to mix them up all the time the better mark dupont <laughs> i can say that with I all thought... certainty all certainty oh my god who did he play in bombshell he played the, Megan, um, Megan Kelly's husband. husband. Yeah. Oh, very neat. Okay. Yeah. I'm not it's sure. Just like he, good, but... It's just like he. It's just. No, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know why I brought it up. What's your bombshell episode? That's what I want to know. No, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit hard. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, oh my goodness. What do we think of Dustin Hoffman? We ha- we haven't talked about him. He's mm. so good. He's I f- talked about him briefly in the beginning. Uh, I yeah. love that character. It's an infuriating mm-hmm. character, and he plays it. You know, he plays it well because he is so infuriating. Mm-hmm. But he's not like a raging. I mean, he is an asshole. But he's he not Jeff Daniels like, and Squid the Whale. I think it's mm-hmm. like Adam Sandler put like or Danny says like there's not this it's one not. thing about him. There's not that one thing he says. Right, it's, it's like all these little things. Sinks. Yeah, yeah. You can't like call him like an evil prick or anything because no. he's not evil. He's just he just gets under your skin. It's just he throws all these. But then um, I forget who has the quote, but it's like if if he wasn't a forgotten genius, or if he, he was, was just a prick. genius, then he was a prick. Yeah. No, if he wasn't, it goes, great it goes artist, back. He was then. just a prick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was Sandler at the. The uh, the bard. The, I just right, watched it. Introduction. Just, like literally, like I'm come, like I've I finished it an hour ago because. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so you're fresh. Yeah. I'm very fresh. I'm always fresh. I mean, you beat you beat us. Damn. I did beat you. Beat all of you. <laughs> ha 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 ha. Um. Yeah. yeah no. I, I I think he's great. Um. Mm-hmm. He's he's a he's an energy. That like it it is weird though that. Bombuck has this, I, I just said it, I'm, so I'm just going to say it again to make myself seem like a dumbass, this energy to him. Um, I think like all his movies. It's Bombuck like when you're writing an essay and you just like repeat yourself. Yeah, you just use the, the yeah. same word. And next, I just wrote something too and it really bothered the fuck out of me. Um, but like 
Stellar gets knows that energy and clicks with it right away because he's been you know in a few been a bunch of movies and that makes sense. He's familiar with Baumbach, but like for some reason, if you just watched this like for the, if you just this was like the first Baumbach movie you've ever seen, you would think Sandler and Hoffman have been in like three of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, mm-hmm. you feel so comfortable in the zone that yes. you're surprised that they're just not like this long term collaborators. Yeah, they're so comfortable in this movie. I mean, yeah, I said before they play these tender, fragile characters very, very well. They, they, I don't know if it's because I mean Adam Sandler is notoriously just very good at going back and forth between his insane, goofy comedy and then these very, very like broken people, and that's obviously inf- I think right. very much informed by his comedy. It's not separate from each other. They work together, yeah. and then the same can be said for for Ben Stiller because he's played some, you know, fucking weird shit, Zoolander and whatever. I mean, but he is also I, be... I think he's done more serious roles than Adam Sandler though. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's easier for um, comedians to go into uh, dramatics than vice versa. Right. Yeah, I well, feel definitely like insecure people. Yeah, definitely like in like I feel like they tap into insecure people more than most. I mean, like yeah. that, I mean, we can get with the psychological the psychology of comedians why why they why they want to be comedians in general, and we could. It's kind of like what funny down. people explores. Yeah, people so good. Oh, I mm. forgot about funny people when I was thinking about his uh, serious role. Damn, how yeah. could I do that? Amazing. Uh, I mean, he does movie. have. He, yeah, he does sneak in those. I mean, I, I don't know. Actually, has he ever done like a full out drama? I mean, what, would, what would you say is a full out drama? Like, who would you? Uh, what, what did we just watch? Uh, Shame. That's like a full like you, dramatic movie. But like, I'm I guess I'm saying like movies that oh were gosh, pretty devoid of humor. Oh my Jesus God. Christ. <laughs> um, but like Punch Drunk Love, there are just there's. I mean, the scene with um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's like whole. Wait, I'm, I'm thinking of the same movie, right? I'm not like horribly embarrassing myself. The fuck you, shut the fuck up scene. On the phone? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that yeah, mattress yeah. man. That's punch. That's I guess punch all of his serious roles do have a bit of comedy to him, to them. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not shame. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm, <laughs> yeah, he's not in a Steve Queen movie. Not in like, shame. And I'm not, say, and I'm not saying that to like dig at him. Like, oh, he's not going to go back first hell. But I think he's like, I just think that's interesting that he always, like his comedy always informs anything he does. Mm -hmm. I think the scene that I I think he's, to go back to Punch Drunk Love, I think he's phenomenal in this one little moment. Um, He's at his sister's, one of his many sister's house. And um, he goes to like one of the husbands of the sister. And he's just, and he's like kind of breaking down. And he's like, and I think he's, I think that husband is a doctor and he's like, I don't like myself sometimes. He's a dentist. And, yeah, he's a dentist. Yeah, right. He wants a therapist yeah. and he wants yeah, to he wants know if the dentist but he doesn't, knows anyone. Like, he doesn't give a shit what doctor it is. He's just like, oh, doctor of something. And, and it's like so tender, but it's like completely wasted because he's talking to an oral surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't, I'm not sure if he could do something that that has that is completely dry. That's like I think, then why do, I, I think if you make that movie, why do you fucking cast Adam Sandler? It's just kind right. of like a Absolutely. fuck you to true. everyone involved. Yeah. I guess his it's strength like, is that he can balance those two 
types of of acting he can add levity mm-hmm. and and comedy into a really heavy role that's like his thing but i'd be interested to see him do a fully mm-hmm. I, I would be curious to see what it ends up like if he can right. do a fully serious role like a Maybe. joe wright movie I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like so. <laughs> or a Steve McQueen movie. Or a Steve McQueen. I want Sandler's shame. <laughs> <laughs> but like the new movie that is coming out this year, it's it's like John Boyega's not in it. Like they just photoshopped him in. It's like Adam Sandler's in it. For what? Sounds great. Yeah, right. Small Axe, is that McQueen's new Axe. project? Small Axe? Oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, he does have a new movie coming out. Yeah. That's right. Strange. Yeah, this was a new series. He, he's working. Um, yeah, not on uh, He's booked and busy. So, what do you Wait, think? I think we were talking about Dustin Hoffman, and then yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I was like um, bringing like, is is he a bad person? Not like Hoffman in general, but like Harold. Is no. Harold a bad person? None of them are bad. I think that's yeah. the point. Because there's there's one of you made a comment that was almost exactly like a quote Adam Sandler says in the movie, which is that he wishes he could find one bad thing that Harold did, but it's mm-hmm. just little things. It's just drip, drip, drip. Like he was never really, he's not a bad person. He wasn't like a, like a, like he's maybe a bad father, but he's not a bad person. He's just very complicated. They're all very complicated. This is the thing. There's no real antagonist. It's like the antagonist is each other. <laughs> is is themselves it's each other and themselves yeah <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah they're all I, yeah, very I don't insecure think a, people yeah mm-hmm. i don't think he's a bad person either i think his head's in the wrong place mm-hmm. i sound like a therapist his head yeah. and his heart like his i heart, feel like yeah. he's just got so many things that he needs to work out and i feel like it ends with this sentiment that he just never will and that's just kind of how it is He's right. just so old and he's never really felt the need to confront any of this. He's bad at confronting it. And it's, it's now up to his kids to unlearn all of the trauma that they got from their relationships with him, I feel yeah. like. And before you can course correct, it's, it's too late. Yeah. And um, he, can't, he can do something about it, but his, I think it's, it's past the point of uh reconciliation and and now matt danny and gene can just survive with the hand they're dealt with harold it's not like something can be can be apologized for but it's just like they just want to move on and and like the anger will always be there but it's just it's just like they still and it's like at the end of the day they still love him because they're they're the the, he's the dad he's their dad Um, yeah yeah they still love um, him but it's yeah. is who he is, and it, and the point is that they need to love each other. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, and the great thing about the Meyerowitz is like every family is is like this, right? For me, like every every family has has dysfunctions, and if they don't, then you just don't see them, and it's boring. Mm-hmm. My best friend, um, whenever I went over his house, his little brother would always be screaming at his mom and dad, like like ver- like they would never get into physical altercations but it would it would always be like like yelling and screaming at something that was probably lost like way before mm-hmm. they don't even know what they're yelling and screaming about and i would always think like his younger brother is so is so he knows like that family knows their their thing because the screaming matches would would happen so often but i knew 
that our, my family would have their own version of screaming matches, mm-hmm. even though we wouldn't screaming yell at each other. Right. Um, it manifests in different ways. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, you could, all, I, it, I was it, just it, trying to draw it out. You didn't have to like sum mm-hmm. it up yeah, so I mean, easily. I didn't, I didn't have to just put it perfectly as a, yeah. you know, as someone, mm-hmm. as a brilliant person myself would just like, Whoa perfectly sum it up yeah clearly in three four words you know, sounds I think about right mm-hmm. um yeah i don't think he's a bad person either i think he's i think he's a raging well now we need to call person. someone that does think he's a bad person um i, I agree I, with I them <laughs> uh, yeah person. Remember that person that person who says he's a bad person is a bad person so there because there's a whole thing <laughs> about where it's like the old man who like sexually accosted Gene and it's like he has dementia Paul, now. Right? Yeah. And yeah. and they're like, well, it you know, he's old. He has dementia. <laughs> exactly. They bring that up. Like we can't beat him person. up. <laughs> they can't do anything about it. It's been done and he has dementia. Like what can you do? Probably when he remember. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like that's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I do love how um Danny and uh Matt do that. Not because I mean I think they at, at at first they do it because they want to help like or they want to avenge Gene in some way, but they mostly yeah. just do it for themselves. Yeah. Which is which is very <laughs> right on. And Gene and Gene's like, what the fuck did that accomplish? I'm still fucked up. Like yeah. this, how does this help me? Cool, you <laughs> right. smashed her smashed his car. Great. I'm not smashed a old man's car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not even well either. They like right. maybe like the windshield's kind of fucked up, but everything else seems like replaceable. Right. Um yeah, no, I think that's good. <laughs> um, it's very funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole, like, everyone also works off, like, works really well off of each other. And they also, I mean, everyone who interacts with Maureen is, like, is so, Emma it's always funny. Fantastic. She's so good. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah. it's just, the like, loyalty. the perfect role to put her in. She's just, basically like, just Professor Trelawney. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like yeah, I think, Same yeah she's just so she you can't like I, I love how the, the like the character is yes she's always like drunk but you kind of feel like that that's just who she is like mm-hmm. I like I, I don't think there's a sober version of her like even if she is technically sober like and not drinking I still think that's her like maybe she's crashing less cars sober, but it's still kind of the energy. <laughs> I feel like that moment is kind of burned in my head because I saw that for some reason I saw the trailer a lot, and that tra- that moment was in the trailer where he's like warming up to go running, and he's like Maureen, yeah, <laughs> and then they crash the car, yeah, and then like because like I know how exactly how it plays out. Like you see Stiller like uh, warming up. Yeah, it's like a wide like, shot car- of. Him, I don't know like, why stretching. I remember that so well. Um, I saw this it's interview with Emma Thompson. Uh, Queen Emma Thompson and she's like yeah for this role I prepared for it really well I got to see what wine tastes like because I never, <laughs> she's like she pretended like she'd never drank wine in her life uh, that was very, very clever do she we a comedian. have an aunt like this where it's like you've never seen seen her at least a little bit tipsy I know that's kind of like very I have an eccentric aunt but not like this <laughs> yeah because I, I do I, I I have someone that that I'm thinking of that's like, yeah, that's. Is she an alcoholic? Yeah, I mean, no. Do we got it? Do do we need to unpack this? Like, how how is your aunt participating in unhealthy behavior? 
well <laughs> no no okay. i mean like it's just someone that that always has that that um that I know energy of, of someone yeah but it's very, very new very york I, I do also love how it's they really do like lean into like this is very like new york middle class like, or, like it very under like it understands the uh how do i say this uh, these personality types it all just clicks the you know like where, where where they're coming from that kind of um i don't know that like child they all kind of, like the how i say this the, the, their culture they're basically their um mannerisms how it just kind of clicks with their scene of course their father is an artist of some kind who's jaded and their step and he's been through four three marriages and their stepmother is this kind of like this drunk but like interest vaguely like um i don't know i don't even know what i'm saying but i, I think it's it not all too out of the ordinary yeah yeah it's just it's i mean it's very new york and i think he it, he likes to do that i think he likes to kind of focus on focus in on this one kind of demographic and play in with it or play within it um they it's sort know, of like he represents the uh, the adage like write what you know True. Cer- yeah. Certainly, a, a type of person that he knows quite well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is yeah. This is quite. It, it's very much like just like an easy watch, but also has like <laughs> like actual. It's an emotions. easy challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's an easy challenge. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's an easy watch. I think it's it's. I don't know. Easy challenge was a good way to describe it. I think. <laughs> I think easy challenge is also a good way to describe it. There you yeah. go, Zach. You won one. What are our easy watches? Do we have them where it's like, oh yeah, oh, it's it goes down like, easy. I mean, I mean, I got a list, but like, oh, I mean, I mean, not on. Yeah, there are. I definitely have easy watches. Guardians that will be another pie. Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. Just either of them. Actually, Very, no. Yeah. I guess Guardians Two is kind of heavy. Actually, Guardians One is my comfort movie, so I just put it on. That's like right, it's kind of Star Warsy. It's like a fun caper. I mean, I don't know how many times I'm going to mention Dread on this podcast, but I'll figure out like how many more. But Dread is definitely yeah. We got to get like a tally count going. Dread count. Dread, you yeah. a Dreadhead? Love Dread. <laughs> I'm a big Dreadhead. Oh, Dreadhead. That's funny. I uh, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> he is the law, so I think we all have to kind of pay respect that he is the law. Okay. All right. I'm down with it. Cool. 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 Yeah, nice. <laughs> that clear. Um, yeah. Uh, is like there anything is else? It's going to be like inserted into other classic movies now, just because it's so iconic, right? Like, yeah, it's a horribly iconic movie. Kind of you know, everyone talks about yeah. it. It's like the. I think it's like the number one grossing movie I've ever made. Wait, which was, uh, which one? Because there was two, uh, no. right? Yes, there was the Stallone one, which I've never seen. Oh, there was. Is, there's Judge Dread. With oh, Roy, I've only Roy heard Schneider you talk a, about. I haven't seen it, but the, the I, one I, from 2012, right? Yeah, that's. I have. I've only seen the 2012 one. I, I've yeah, and I was saying like I didn't know there was another. Oh, yeah, there is another. I think oh. they reviewed that one on On Cinema. I'm pretty sure <laughs> there's an On Cinema episode where they go over Dread. I have. To. How many buckets of popcorn did they, did they, they give? They probably it? give it five. I mean, <laughs> what Wait, other which, rating is there? Which Dread is it? The <laughs> like Stallone probably one? the one that came out in 2012. Okay. Yeah. The yeah. one is so is, is the one with Sylvester Stallone a sequel? Like, is that the first one? Then the twenty twelve one? Yeah, it's it, it's yeah. The twenty twelve one is just like let's make a good one. Let's just let's make do a it good again. Movie. Yeah. Okay. It's let's just a yeah. reboot. Okay. Soft reboot. Soft reboot. Very soft. <laughs> uh, no hard edge. 
bitches. Um, the Sigourney <laughs> Weaver thing is funny. I do like that. Oh my gosh. Like, and how he mentions it throughout the whole movie. I said hi. I'm, you know, she said hi. I'm, said, hi, I'm Harold. I'm Harold. Yeah, she gave me this night. Like, it was very funny. Such a good, mm-hmm. good way to just, just hi. I'm so show the way he like he he what's the word overinflates himself and his experiences, mm-hmm. the way people react to him. Like, it's a very good little like. Yeah, he also really shines microcosm for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. microcosm. Yeah. It, it also he also oh. really shines in that way in yeah. that overall mm-hmm. scene with him and Lee J uh, with. Uh, Oh, Judd Hirsch, fuck, the actor. Judd oh, Hirsch. Yeah. I, I almost said also spectacular. I almost said Emil Hirsch. I almost I, said Emil Hirsch, and I'm like, I know that's wrong. <laughs> when I rewatched this a few months ago, I was like, Oh my god! I was like Judd Hirsch and Adam Sandler together yeah. again. Absolutely. There you go. He's never bad. <gasps> he's always so good, good. He's, he's always he, good. I mean, he it's thrives like in these kind of roles. Yeah, he is a Eugene Levy type. That's for sure. <laughs> Eugene Levy type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Eugene Levy's a it doesn't matter um but yeah no he's great i think i love how fucking like how much contempt you can see on hoffman's face in that scene especially how it's shot like when lj starts like to take a photo and you see this cut of him like it like apparently like, he's this behind the statue and there's this opening and you kind of just zoom in on his face of him just staring at like the success he calls him old man and then there's mm. like the moment he calls him old man, there's this cut to his face where he could just feel like he's like burning inside. Right, right, he's right. just lighting everything on fire. Yeah. He just has this such, yeah. his ego is so hurt by any, everything that's happening that he wants to, he just needs to fucking leave or he'll, and that's why he like runs. Yeah. It's just cause he's just needs to get out of there. Do we think uh, Sinler could find happiness with Jennifer's daughter? Right, I think that is. Yeah. Loretta? I think that's the, Loretta, I think that's yeah. the, crux of the ending the ending right he's, he's sort of like cut off the way that epilogue like, the i guess past and present can coexist um can coexist like the, especially with the ending where 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 uh what's her face the daughter goes with her boyfriend to find the um the piece the art piece that, yeah. the art piece that's in the whitney and she finds it and it's like i feel like Very that sweet. and loretta it's like the past isn't like the past and the present are meant to again just coexist and, mm-hmm. and they can have a good relationship and it's not all you know it's not all horrible there's beauty and 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 there's a path forward from the past hmm. path forward is a good way to put it because i do feel like that art piece does feel <laughs> does feel like um a kind of like a nice little capper on like they're moving on from their father yeah like that that's kind of done with now like they're like they don't have to be defined by how they treated him like matt and i mean the whole thing with you know um danny saying fuck off i'm going to la is him just being like i'm I'm my own person i can do like i don't need to do like not everything i do is related to your existence Mm -hmm. um and so yeah no i think i mean yeah i think uh that last scene with loretta is definitely like it's a picture into what his life can be if he just can maintain control of it like if he can just control his own life and Mm -hmm. focus on that instead of trying to impress his father or and it couldn't even be like a step deal i mean step deal step like stepmom deal with uh, sandler's daughter it Mm -hmm. could just be like a partnership life platonic thing i love his relationship with his daughter 
It's very good. I love it so much. Very I sweet. mean, that song, that song in the beginning, it's just so. Aww. Yeah. Love it. It makes me tear up. But then that, there's that one um, right before his fight with Matt in the before the showing, he gets really upset with her. He has another one of those outbursts, and he like grabs her beer, and he like tosses it on. Oh yeah, her. it's very like uncomfortable. Yeah, your yeah. tummy's gonna hurt in the morning. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't want her tummy to hurt. In the morning. And he doesn't even say anything. It's not even the he drinking. just grabs it and throws it, and yeah. it's all silence. And she's like, "Dude, what the fuck?" And then leaves. Yeah. Yeah. And I can totally, you you can totally buy into, um, oh my God. Did, <laughs> you can totally that was the whole it. thing. Cause he, like, there was the two pills and right. I'm saying, what, right. yes. I think he took the upper. Yeah, from Adam Driver. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Adam Driver cameo. Adam um, Driver's in this. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So you were going to um, say something, Jack? Sorry, oh, I interrupted yes, you with my yes. dumb thought. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, you can totally buy into Matt being the cool uncle too. Like it, it's 100%. not a, a huge jump to into being like, oh yeah, he supports in Caesar movie. Yeah. And he, can, he can sort of be like, he's there when when Danny is, and he's kind of being like uptight in a square. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and then Adam Driver. Yeah, his cameo is very interesting. It kind of it's kind of like we've done Social Network before, and it kind of feels like uh, Social Network. Um, auditioning Rooney Mara for a Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Mm-hmm. In a sense, like, he's being auditioned from Air Story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just cause, he was just in cause, While We're Young. Yeah, and... Yeah, yeah, I know, that's but, right. Yeah, yeah I know. that's right. That's but, right. Yeah. <laughs> at, at the same time, just, yeah. Like, you're going from a very, very small part into something very big. I think he and just Bombok really click together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and they look alike. They do. A little bit. Like Owen Wilson and Wes Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Really? I didn't even think about that. I don't no focus on I saw this tweet today. I meant to send it to you, actually. I saw this tweet today that was like, my boyfriend just pointed out that all of Wes Anderson's cast members look like him. And I, I found that very funny. Like, not just Owen Wilson, but like Jason Schwartzman looks like Wes Anderson. Yes. And, um, Natalie Portman <laughs> looks like Wes Anderson. And Luke Wilson looks like Luke Wilson, J- Wes Anderson. Yeah. Um, all the Wilsons. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Murray. Um, yeah, what I thought I was I forgot how I totally forgot about Eliza's like movies. And so when the first yeah. one comes up, so, I was mm-hmm. yeah. very so I. like so I it was very wait, did so wait, you watched that with your dad, didn't you? Yeah, uh, so did I. Did, wait, so how did your dad react to her home movies? Well, it was like remember how you, you you said to me recently that you watched Wolf of Wall Street with your best friend and your dad? Like it was, it was sort of not like my best friend, a, uh, just a dude that I kind of knew and that I wanted to hang <laughs> right. out with. Right. And well, his uh, father that I met that day, I watched Wolf of Wall Street with him. Oh, yeah. great choice. It was sort of that deal where it's like, <clears throat> well, uh, um, there's well, a, yeah, there's a feel in the air. There's like a, there, there's yeah. a atmosphere that's kind of thick that you're just um, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I like I like her a lot. I think she's actually a good actress too. She really works well within the family. Um, I think she has good scenes with all of them, really. Um, yeah. Is is there anything else we want to get to before going to favorite scene? Um, well, real quick before we jump off of Eliza, like, do you think it's fair or justified to be like all the pressure is on her to be the creative force of the family? Now that it feels like Danny's musician or musician musical career 
is sort of depleting and Harold had a shot and it didn't pan out as, as an artist. So now it's sort of like all the chips are on one basket. Um, no, I don't think, I don't really get that sense. I get the sense that she really loves art and that's, it just happens to be what she wants to pursue. And she seems very talented and happy to do it. I, I, I feel like people, they're all putting this pressure on her that I feel like she doesn't really feel, <laughs> at least from her character. Well, I, I think know. it's also like Harold's, Harold's ego, thinking that her artistry is somehow related to his own, when it's just mm-hmm. not true. Like, right. he, she's not an artist because of him. And he, he has this sense that any artistic connection he has with his children or his grandchildren is from him, when it's just not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. he, like, and, and he's also obsessed with them having some artist, artistic sensibilities. But even when they do, like, he belittles her work. Like when he says, "Like oh, it's, she seems very mainstream, very populist, or whatever." Who when he talks about it that one time? Harold, right? Oh, Harold, when he no, talks, Harold, ta- Harold, yeah. Harold talks about the daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's because he. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think he does. Well, that's because she's good. And he's threatened mm-hmm. by that. Yeah, exactly. I think like, I think he says that he's a that she thought. He thought that she's a lesbian at one point. Yeah. And that, can yeah be totally- a, that was a weird line to drop in there. And he right. is definitely, and also how he, like, he, you know, I meant a nice interest, like when he was describing uh, uh, the couple that <laughs> looked at his house, like, I met this very nice uh, interracial homosexual couple. And they seemed, yeah. like, they seemed like they really liked the art. Just him describing people is feels like, mm-hmm. he does feel like he doesn't know, like he doesn't understand humans. Right, of yeah. course. And it always you get you get the feel that it's a slow simmer mm-hmm. in in how he digests people, or it's just like that inspection could have taken place week could have taken place week, weeks ago, and um, and he's just like yeah, so I met these people and they were really nice. <laughs> it's like now now you're getting the opportunity to, to sort of spill out what your opinions and your thoughts, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's just yeah, Harold's an interesting figure. Yeah, for sure, he's an artist. In, yeah, and you can kind of get the sense that you can you can make comparisons to um, Jeff Daniels in uh, in Squid and the Whale, and uh, but that's not the complete picture of of Noel Baumbach's dad. Like like these two father figures could be one complete person, and and who his dad was, um, someone that that left Noel Baumbach with a, with a lot of trauma with Jeff Daniels's character, but. But also he looked up to and knew that he wasn't he wasn't always going to be someone that um did anything that that was one event that put a, put all this pressure onto him and he left he left himself and his father with a lot of competition, like he paints the portrait with Harold. Um Yeah, very interesting. And and it's like it takes so long for him to complete that portrait too, with these two men. Mm-hmm. And they both kind of look similar too. Like long thick haircuts and a big beard so you can i don't know oh you mean jeff daniels and dustin jeff Hoffman. daniels and Dustin Hoffman, okay yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's it, it, uh, bob buck likes to make conscious choices that relate to his life so i think yeah because he's not he's not so. improvisational either at least i don't think so so it kind of makes sense that it's just like yes like like he's, he's very yes or no kind of mm-hmm. maker um all right Favorite scene? 
So at the end of each episode, we kind of, we, we, we just highlight our favorite scene in the movie and talk about it for a little bit. Sick. Um, does anyone have one? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Oh, Brianna, no, Brianna said first. Yep. I'm you, ready. As soon as you lose, Jack. No, 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 no. I mean, ha! I was going to let you go first. Yeah, suck yeah. it. I win. Actually, nah, yeah, nah, it, nah. I win this. This was a contest. Yeah, it really was. And, All along, this I entire made... episode, it's been one game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's all a game. Um, I, I was set up to, to, to be here and and pick Meyerwood stories this exactly. whole thing. I'm the puppet master. Um, so my favorite scene is the end where um, when Adam Sandler drops the plate of cookies, he decides he's going to go to LA and he recites those the phrases that they coached him during the grief counseling when he says goodbye to to harold he says uh oh god like i love you i love you you forgive forgive me me. you goodbye and the way it's Mm -hmm. cut the close-ups on it it's so like uh i i I love i love oh yeah where it's getting closer and closer to his mouth yeah it's like he's never gonna be able to say everything he wants to to his dad he's never gonna have that big monologue it's he just has to say what he can and just accept the way things are yeah. it's like his own grieving process and acceptance process it's so it's such a beautiful little and because scene. the words aren't given to him doesn't mean that they're any less artificial either yeah it's just like they just apply. i mean the whole movie is building up to that moment to that like right. that closure of mm-hmm. you know because it's quite cathartic i mean the, yeah it's like he I gives mean, himself the closure you know mm-hmm. I think that's what that means. Beautiful. Well, I mean, it's also like um, Matt says, you need to take care of yourself. Like when they're right before they have a fight or whatever, like you can't just take care of that all the time. You got to look out for yourself. So I think Mm -hmm. that's him just kind of giving like for, I also think that's him just giving permission to say, fuck off, dad. I think (laughs) that moment is just him just kind (laughs) of like, you know what? I don't need this anymore. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love his reaction when he like dropped like smashed his plate. Like, oh, I didn't think that was gonna be that loud. My bad, my bad. <laughs> just it was very like you would think that he was just start yelling the moment that happened. And like Harold's like, I try to res- rescue the cookies from the porcelain. It's just it's very right, right, right. it's very quirky. That's He's just, just yeah, like, don't worry, scene. I'll clean it up. Yeah. To the nurse. Um, What's yours, Jack? I think it's the reintroduction to. Matt and Danny as his brothers and they're walking down the hall. It's like 90 seconds. They're walking down the hallway at the hospital and it's just, um, and they keep talking over each other. They keep talking to each other. And yeah, it's kind of like the, the scene I was describing earlier of, um, you know, Matt, he's describing his current situation in the, in the big life event that that's transpired recently. And <laughs> Danny is trying to like keep up and, and also be involved, um, and trying to be a, knowing of what he's talking about even though he doesn't mm-hmm. and um it doesn't matter how how obvious that that may be it's just like the fact that he's he's a loyal participant he's kind of like the golden retriever of the two of them it's 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 it keeps it from from being embarrassing of that character um and i think because you have been stiller playing matt it keeps him from from being the bad guy in a way mm-hmm. um, yeah and and even even though like um, I love Ben Stiller by the way I think I think not only I mean we have we kind of talked about him but 
just like to briefly say he had, he's obviously terrific in this and I've, I've always really admired him as an actor and then in a director too. Um, it's in like his, his, one of his most famous roles is uh, Rachel's boyfriend in Friends and he can play a prick really well where it's like, he's just this guy that can, that will just snap at anything. Right. But I had no idea he, he was in Friends. I had right, no of course. fucking idea he was oh. ever in Friends. Yeah, because... Paul yeah, Rudd was in like, Friends. Paul Rudd was in Friends. Paul Rudd was in Friends? Bruce oh! Willis was in Friends. Yeah. I don't know anything about Friends. Brad Pitt was in Friends. I mean, there's, Brad there's Pitt, a lot. I knew that. And, anyway, so yeah, that scene in the hospital is just like, like so telling of the characters. And it's, it's just so infectious because it's so short. Mm-hmm. But it's like, this is so a, a conversation that um, you can have from anybody. It's so boring to be like, yeah, no, Baumbach is not realistic dialogue, but you know, he does. And, um, um, I was going to say, so, yeah. And something else that you'll always hear is like, yeah, my buddy who lives down the street or used to live down the street knows something about, um, yeah, told me your friend. Yeah. He told me. And it's just like, you're like spinning so many webs here. Anyway. Yeah. Great told thing. me, I told me, told you guys are you, yeah. like, you know, it's all rigged. And you're like, I don't <laughs> think that's true. Right. Um, my favorite scene. Oh God. I have like three off the top of my head. I mean, the montage of them just hanging out, like drinking beer and playing games and them like singing together was really, was really fun. The, all three of them at the house, like they're all drinking beer, playing cards. And <laughs> Sandler just out of nowhere says, would you fuck Pam? Yeah! And Jean's like, I would. I would. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just, oh God. I love the timing of everything. They, they, there's just fun. enough pauses to just get like, to really I want just, Pam. Yeah, Pam, oh God, good old Pam. Uh, Pam's the MVP. Um, the other scene of Jean, a supporting actor, um, of of Jean having her like explaining what happened with her and Paul, and just like her just like walking in the middle of the woods very awkwardly, and the camera just like kind of it doesn't cut to um, uh, at, or Danny and Matt. It kind of fall. It just like switches back to them, and then mm-hmm. switches back to um. It just keeps moving. It's like you're watching a tennis game. It's all this one shot. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, a tennis game. Exactly. This way, that way. Um, And, but I I think that's how that shot uh, starts too, where it's like a slow zoom in on Jean. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I mean, also, I think that's, she gives a really good monologue. Um, Or I don't know if, actually, I don't know. I guess that's, is that a monologue? I don't know. She's just telling a story. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you go. Um, but I think my favorite scene is, I know I just picked three because I'm an asshole, but you know. Is a comic book movie um, or movie? No. And I think, but no, my favorite scene has to be uh, their fight. I think the, like the perfect lead up to it on the, on the lawn and then they're, and then they're oh, just the one like, with Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver? Uh-huh. <laughs> that one? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're ready to quit. You're like full on. I'm, I'm I, I, I wanted to throw the microphone at your face, but I realized that you're not in the room with me. What um, if you throw at your computer and you're like, no. That would be counterproductive. Um, but no, I think they're, I mean, them just scrapping very awkwardly, grown men just doing that. Very funny, of course. But also like them just getting like to the like emotional, like Sandler is just so kind of broken and he just, he's going through all of the baggage he's been carrying throughout the entire movie of his relationship <laughs> with Matt. And he just lays it all out in line. Probably because of the pill he takes, but still, like he's just—he just says everything he's thought. You know um, what I thought of when I saw it this time was uh, John C. Riley and Ben Wishaw in um, the Lobster. Uh, the lobster, yeah. 
another two-timer that we forgot to mention. We haven't done the lobster. No, but killing a sacred deer in the favorite. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, I don't remember Riley's that scene in the another, lobster. Sorry, John C. Riley. No, no, go ahead. Good, like comedic actor that can do. Oh, absolutely. Really good yeah. serious roles. That's another one, like yeah. Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler. He's got that. I love that man. He's <laughs> great. Yeah, he's yeah. he's incredibly. He's always, like he's always good too. Like, like always he's, he's always he always cares. He's got an earnestness. I recently mm-hmm. watched him in Heart Aid and rewatched. Oh my god, he's yeah. he's, he's so, so like good. He's a small boy in Heart Aid. He's like really tall, but he's a small boy. He's a little man. He's a little <laughs> soft, soft young boy. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He's really good. I was thinking about how yeah, good of totally. a series he is but yeah. yeah absolutely he's so soft that when like i think when i saw the sister brothers him just murdering people felt wrong <laughs> <laughs> it just felt like it just felt like your fun goofy uncle just like shooting a guy in the head felt like oh god what am i watching mm-hmm. oh my goodness another movie that no one's talking about the sisters Brothers. yeah 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 that's okay i thought it was I, I don't know. I have to watch it again. I think it was good. Hey, yeah, I would love. I, I would love it because I I know I had no one to talk to about that movie. Yeah, like, well, no, no, I, I, I mean, I like it when yet. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't like. I don't um, exist to you. Let's just be honest here. I'm okay, not, you're an imaginary friend. To let's Damn. be real. Um, you're like my Tower Durden. I, I guess, like, I yeah. Not. Anyway, it just kind of like came and went, essentially. Definitely. Um, but yeah, no. My favorite scene is them just like struggling, like or just like them laying everything out and just. And like they're so, I mean, they're also like really like broken people. You can tell that they've never had any actual human communication before, and they're just like, <laughs> I don't know, life, uh, you know. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And maybe this is the first time that they've tussled. Like they've they've. I think been, oh, I bet they evolved I've, into fisticuffs. Yeah, I mean, also the cut when they're like rolling on around the cut to him at you know, making the speech with, like, his nose bleeding and his, like, suit fucked up is very... Like, mm-hmm. I do love how comical each hard cut is and, eat, like, each... Mm-hmm. You know, it's him in the middle, like, yelling, like, shut the fuck up, or, like... Mm-hmm. You're know, right with the bloody nose. Or him yelling at Marine, or... And, th- and then they basically, go, basically. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wipe it. So cute. Um, and that's also another great scene that follows... Uh, man, I, I, I really dig this movie. I'm really glad that uh, you chose it, Brianna. I think it's... I, I think it's... It's definitely a movie more people need to talk about. Um, Dang, Brianna, you beat us again. This is like... Yes, this was another point. Yeah, another point. Yeah. What did I beat you? How? <laughs> no, I don't I'll know. I'll take like, it. I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> it. Like, you picked a good movie. I, that's how you, that's how you beat us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Do we have any pieces to shout out? No, not yet. Oh, articles of coming writing. out soon, but and you can check those out by following me on Twitter at Brianna Ziggs. Amazing. Well, <laughs> I would like to give a shout out to um, Nerd Writers' video essay on this movie about the Meyerowitz stories script and how Noah Baumbach creates realistic dialogue. Nerd Writers kind of like on the Mount Rushmore of video essayists, if you'd ask anybody, his videos are very, very popular. Mm -hmm. I'm not like discovering a a diamond in the rough, but, (laughs) and uh, the iconography podcast. I I think that podcast is extraordinary. They recently covered Noah Baumbach and their discussion about him and people like Andrew Buchowski, who who we've covered and Joe Swanberg and the Duplass brothers 
is very thoughtful and and their uh, impact in the white male indie scene very very interesting um, on that podcast. So I'll, I'll both get, tweet those out. White male indie indie scene. That's yeah. That's all. That's most of the indie scene, unfortunately. Um, no, that's not true. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, wait, what you said? We covered who? Who did we cover? You said Andrew Chesky would support the girls. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm really. Sorry. I feel like yeah. I feel like for a minute you like we didn't cover support the girls. Oh, just <sighs> oh my goodness! Wow. Okay, <laughs> that was intense. I, that was <laughs> unfortunate that I completely forgot that. All right. Okay. Um, it, it's not. Kyle, okay, what if Kyle is you. like the imaginary friend after all? <laughs> Kyle is an imaginary friend. He's my imaginary <laughs> friend and yours. Um, but yeah, uh, Brianna, thank you so much for uh, coming on. Besides the, your Twitter, is there anything else you want to plug? No. Nope, that's it? <laughs> that's it. Got it. Oh my god, I love it. Simple. Um, what, uh, yeah, Jack, where, where, yeah, my where turn. can everyone okay. find you? Yeah, this is your <laughs> turn. No, I, I just, I fucking, I fucking blew it. Yeah. What, what, uh, <laughs> uh, um, you'll have opportunities to redeem yourselves. It's not like this, this is, is a season, series finale. Uh, so yeah, my Twitter is Jack A. Draper. And my writing on movies can be found at places like The Simple Cinephile and Cineflix Daily. I am at, well, this is, well, this is a huge development. I have changed my usernames for right. my social media. After a crisis. I know. I, I texted Jack. That was so much fun. Thought, oh, it should be this, should be that. How bad of a pun is this? Um, but I have finally landed on a thing that might be good or bad. Uh, up to you. <laughs> I am at Birds of Clay. Uh-huh. Oh, that is very good. Thank you. I like it. Thank you. Nice. I, you have I, another. Brianna has another point. Can you believe it? She won the game I, yeah, again. Well, I mean, this for point, liking I, Twitter, I, I, Clay's Twitter name. This, this is my win, nice. honestly. Don't very take this nice. away from me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Birds of Clay on. I can't. I'm gonna have to get used to saying that because it is funny. <laughs> That's very um, funny. On Twitter and on Letterbox, I'm at Mr. Clay Williams on Instagram. Uh, please remember to follow the podcast twitter account at ett pod please remember to rate review subscribe give us those five stars we'd greatly appreciate it and leave us a voicemail on anchor with any questions or comments uh we have an email if you want to send us anything at exiting through the 2010s at gmail.com um and next week we have so like yeah next week well you and i sometimes talk about how our episodes, can, our episodes can be divided into like two groups, right? Diamonds in the Rough, like your Captain Fantastics and Under the Silver Lakes of the World. And then mm. like the consensus um, top 100 of the 2010s, like Fury Road, Moonlight, Lady Bird, Her. And next week is like going to be in the Diamond of the Rough pile. It's this movie called Inception. And it didn't make much money. Very funny. Um, uh, it didn't wow. get nominated for many Oscars, but you know, it's this little itty bitty movie like Good Time and the Kathia Woods. Up. So I know the build be... up was really good. This is a good Just, bit. That's <laughs> bad bit. So with us good. to discuss it there. for its tenth anniversary. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I think this is. It, I know Inception was coming up, but I had no idea what he was about to say. So it was just perfect. <laughs> Thanks, man. Oh. I know, that was very good. um, Very crafty of you. You should be proud of yourself. I think, honestly, I think you you should just retire from the world after that. I think that was your last last thing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Brianna, thank you again. Uh, Please come back anytime. We'd love to have you. 
Um, Perfect. Um, And yeah, thank you all so much for listening. And remember, Black Lives Matter, defund the police, and we'll catch you next time.